just because I can doesn't mean I should. Education is caught between the 18th century notion of the three R's and the 21st century explosion of technology, politics, and the need to prepare our kids for the ever-evolving global economy. We know parents and educators all want the same outcome for kids, happy, healthy, and independent young people, but how do we get there and what are the obstacles and pitfalls we face along the way? Join us as we ask the question, what's, what's best, best for kids? kids? Don, welcome back. <laughs> welcome back to you. Yeah, it's been a little while. Welcome Welcome back to us. Yeah, welcome back to us. Welcome back. back to the listeners. Welcome back, listeners. Please be there still. Yeah, we hope you're still there. We uh, <laughs> apologize for the break, but as it turns out, um, the world catches fire every so often. And when you're running a small city called Torrey Pines High School, you have to, you know, you have to work and do stuff. And so it kind of interrupted uh, the podcast a little bit. So I, I hope you're sticking with us. I hope you're happy to have a new episode. And I hope, we hope that you had a great uh, Thanksgiving holiday. Um, yes. That also was a deal. I had my mom in town, my sister in town, our cousins in town. And you know what's great for five-year-old boys? 14-year-old boys with incredible Lego building skills. So oh. their cousins were here. Uh, my sister has twin boys. Wow. So it was Twin City. Wow. That is yeah. cool. It was really cool. A what? lot of fun. And Anthony did up the backyard, so we had an outside Southern California turkey dinner. Of course we did not did. get We did not get paid for my endorsement of Jensen's pre-cooked Thanksgiving turkey with all the sides, but I'm going to just give a shout out to Jensen's Market down at Point Loma. Well, I, I, I don't want to take anything away from Jensen's, but I now am no longer <laughs> friends with you. Pre-made Thanksgiving. No, I am telling you, pre-cooked. I don't know. It was pre-made. Yeah. Pre-made, pre-cooked. Cornbreads. Wait. Oh, I'm sorry. Dude. Did I use the wrong word? What do you mean? <laughs> That's the kind of thing I do. <laughs> don't do me, right. at me. Yeah, exactly. That's my job to nitpick everything you say. Um, the, the thing is that the turkey's brined. There's like an orange spice ball in the middle of it. It's, it was, it's for the third year in a row, phenomenal cornbread stuffing, regular stuffing. I'm you know, sure it was delicious. I included, and if, and not more cost. So if we're, we're going to give shout outs, I'm going to give a shout out to my father-in-law who um, smokes a turkey usually oh. at, at Thanksgiving and is hands down. I, I like turkey in general. I know a lot of people don't. I actually yeah. like a, a, a good baked turkey, but Chris Wallace, shout out to Chris Wallace and his smoked turkey. It's unbelievable. Easily the best turkey you'll ever eat in your life. So, wow. And I know Chris is probably not listening right now. <laughs> But maybe he's Katie will. Yeah, Katie will. Katie will. Hey, Dad, shout out. Yeah. Um, and we want to say happy holidays, Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah's uh, this Thursday. Happy right. all yeah. the all the ways that the light comes in December. Happy winter solstice for those people. Yes, <laughs> for the pagans that celebrate. Yeah. The. Um, uh... <laughs> The holiday we invented, uh, the all-inclusive holiday we invented when I was a teacher, was called Chris Mahanaquanzacustus. And I can still say that, yes. I was going to say, yeah. I thought it was going to be a Festivus thing, but... No, we didn't do the Festivus thing. This uh, we, we did Chris Mahanaquanzacustus, and we had a special every year, and we had a song. And say that one more time. Chris Mahanaquanzacustus. Yeah. 
Now, uh, Hanukkah gets in there twice, but it just worked with the rhythm of it all. Uh, you're still laughing. <laughs> you For those were... of you paying attention at home, uh, Don's still laughing. I don't know if I'm laughing. I'm laughing that you're able to say that word. Yeah. I got supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Yes. But Chris Mahonikwanskistus? Yeah. <laughs> say it with me, kids. Um, but it was a lot of fun. But Wow. So just to say it's a lot of fun. To uh, hear it is a lot of fun. The, the, the celebration of it was a lot of fun, too. It was, it, it was actually one of the most um, satisfying like, career moments every year when we would do that show because we did it live. So mm -hmm. the whole school would wait for the Chris Mahanakwanskista show. And we, you know, one year we pretended we were broadcasting <laughs> from all over the world. And so we had this green screen background oh, of different places. Yeah. And then we debuted the, the first Chris Mahanakwanskista song. And, you know, just playing with the, the politics of it all and all that. It was just, it was a great lesson for the kids. It was a, it was a lot of fun. And then we would, you know, it was this great release where we'd have the show and then we'd all have our, you know, holiday hangout party in, in class. Don't tell the principal we have a party in class, um, uh, but we did. Um, so anyway, uh, but we should probably get to the topic at hand. Yes, which this is, is from, it's actually from October 24th. The iron has cooled a bit from the original, but the good thing about court dates is it's years, <laughs> yes. not days or months. Well, and we had talked last season, uh, you know, this started with the Seattle lawsuit. The That's Seattle right. school district jumped in and we did a quick episode on that one at the time and said we'd revisit it. So here we are revisiting it. And now we're the talking. The truth was we were going to revisit it in late October and then now it's early december which is basically in as far as courts filings go that's like overnight, <laughs> overnight. <laughs> <laughs> that's like fedex to them <laughs> so here we are right um so uh the the new meta lawsuit uh isn't just school districts so after the seattle school district sued i think if i've got it correct about uh a uh, couple of dozen three, um, three dozen more than three dozen, more than 36 states. Well, no, I'm talking about just the, the school districts themselves oh, 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 jumped in. Right. A couple dozen school districts jumped in, and then the states started getting in. And now we're looking at, uh, I think it's up to 40 states yep. are now part of this lawsuit against Meta. And could you imagine? <laughs> You've got, I mean, it sounds a little complicated. Yes. <laughs> it sounds, and also, uh, you know. Uh, my dad was a, an attorney for his entire career. My sister's an attorney and my daughter's probably going to be one, but I think the only people who are going to make money off this are the attorneys. Uh, right. Right. Uh, Cause, uh, but, but we'll, we'll get to that in a second, but right. And they're, and they're likely, I think there's no way to have something this large that doesn't have a resulting impact and change, which of course won't be perfect. And it's going to be yeah. sausage making, but the the result will be better than the unfettered giant mega global company getting to do whatever it wants. Yeah, at least we're having the conversation about it. It's it's unfortunate that it has to be litigious, but that is our world at this point. And and based on the data that we've seen and the the evidence that they're already pointing to, the attorneys are pointing to, or the uh, attorneys general are pointing to. Uh, is pretty clear that we needed to go the legal road on this because they weren't self-regulating. And that's what happens. If you're not going to handle it internally, then we're going to have to have an external uh, driver of this. 
while I was rereading it this this morning, I was yeah. thinking of the conversations I had with my mom over Thanksgiving. My mom's ninety, uh, which is a wow. blessing, wow. Um, and mobile. Went through the airport herself three weeks, three day, uh, Pilates three times a week, which is amazing. Um, but she was we, we completely not associated with this at all. There was some conversation we were having at some point about women in the '60s and how. Uh, she was she was so frustrated about how the pharmaceutical she was talking about how do you get to be 90 and 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 her thing is stay out of the hospital like yeah she goes <laughs> to get a physical yeah. checks her numbers once a year and then high fives the doctor and says see you in a year like her intention is to be as you know as on as little medication as little whatever as she can but she said and we so that was the start of the conversation but she was talking about how in the 60s the pharmaceuticals and the doctors wanted to give women particularly and especially pregnant women all sorts of pills morning sickness pills you know all these medications that decades later had really negative harmful effects on um yes they might have met some kind of uh addressed some symptom but the the consequence and the and and the cost of it ended up being difficult you know bad right but, you know as they roll stuff out they need people to take it no matter how much they they've tried to do uh, controlled uh, models or what have you yeah so let, let's get to so if you're not familiar with the meta lawsuit um, and didn't listen to the Seattle lawsuit episode uh, basic the basics are this and the complaint states uh, have said that meta has designed psychologically manipulative products uh, and features to induce young users uh, and feed the sort of compulsive uh, habits that they have. And designed. To, yeah, designed, designed to, to extend the, the use of them, um, in particular platforms like Instagram. Uh, there is a separate suit that's going after TikTok, but TikTok's not part of Meta, so this the, the focus right now is on Meta. And the what they're saying is that the company's algorithms were designed to push children and teenagers into rabbit holes of toxic and harmful content, uh, with features like uh, an infinite scroll. So, um, and the information I'm getting right now is from a recent uh, Ed Week article. Um, and the analogy that they've been giving is that it's similar to uh, a slot machine, where mm -hmm. it's infinite. It, a slot machine's never going to stop. And it gives you, if you've ever played, you know, your penny slots at, at Vegas, it gives you all those notifications and buzzes and whistles and you win a little bit of money here, then you lose, 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 and you're waiting for that next hit of dopamine when you're yep. going to get the animation of the Oompa Loompas dancing around on your Willy Wonka uh, slot machine. And it, it, that model exists in all the casinos in all the world right now, and they've set that up in a phone app for... Uh, a nine-year-old right and and one of the things that also mentioned was the persistent alerts to uh persistent alerts to generate persistent scrolling which is a court lingo for doom scrolling and i think we've all been caught in a doom scroll loop maybe at night on twitter uh or meta facebook where where 45 and, and they've also there's been research if you take a phone to bed, you're going to lose 45 minutes worth of sleep because yeah. it's generally a 45 minute. And in fact, this morning we were talking about somebody who it was a you used the phrase 45 minutes. Yeah. 
that, that t- I, I've watched the time. I've watched my own kids. I've watched people, you know, in my life, um, and it tends to be about forty-five minutes. That's 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 what the research shows. Yeah, it's a forty-five minutes from beginning to end before you put it down and say, "Now I'm really tired." Yeah, exactly. Now, yeah, <laughs> and, and and upset. Yeah, as as you said in the previous episode, you go to Twitter to be angry and Instagram to be depressed. And now we've got the uh, the data to back that up. Um, although, is anybody still on Twitter or X or whatever it's called uh, right now? Uh, d- speaking of rabbit way- holes, let's not go there. <laughs> right. Uh, let's let's stick with the uh, always happy Instagram. Uh, <laughs> you know what I love? I love the the, the um, content um, influencers or whatever you want to call them who actually showed the reality of the lighting, the tape, all of the tricks of the trade that they use to get that uh, spontaneous photo, which is the, the uh, everything but spontaneous right you know yeah because our brains just love to be fed cotton candy and uh, um and everybody's got a back roll yeah the instagram versus reality which is the new mm-hmm. thing and in fact there was um i can't remember if this was through instagram or not or if it was something else but do you remember be real no so it was an app. I watched my kids use it for a little while to try to break the fakeness oh, of Instagram. It was right. you would get a notification and whatever you were doing, you had to do a picture of it or a selfie or something and put right. it up there. So it so it was more real. And that was kind of the ethos around it. And I watched the kids do it. And I'm like, okay, well, that's at least a little bit better. It's still this notification, this Pavlov's right. response where my phone is now buzzed and I've got to respond to it you know, who is the master and who is the servant at that point. But at least it wasn't as um, curated, for lack of a better term, as right. some of the Instagram posts that are, you know, how could that not make you depressed? How can you not scroll through uh, thought- Instagram and look at all these people who are on a better vacation, having a better meal, uh, having a better workout, doing better things with their lives and not feel you know, as you're sitting in your sweats, eating ice cream at home after a long day of work, how are you, how is that going to make you feel better about yourself? Um, I remember in like at the turn of the, at the turn of the century. Well, we did have one <laughs> 23 years ago. That's, that's the one I'm talking. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't talking about the 18. I wasn't talking about Victorian England. I was talking about Y2K. Which you remember because you were born about that time, right? <laughs> He's literally a year older than me. I was going to say, I don't even think. <laughs> yes, 68, 67, yeah. but not, not a full year. Oh, you're, yeah, it's 11 months. You're April. Yeah. Um, we, there was a Vanity Fair uh, Madonna article, but it was the first time that I was, it was so apparent the amount of uh, Photoshop that was used on this picture of Madonna when she was 40 instead of 65. Keep going, Madonna. I love you. But that makes one of us. The high school kids, um, we were talking about the Photoshop. And then and then there was another article about uh, the uh, that that there is there was no photo in a magazine, whether it's Vogue or that all of them are retouched. Newsweek, Time magazine. There was no untouched photo even 25 years ago. But the difference of what was kind of a novel new thing on the computer back then has become so ubiquitous everybody's got filters and things on their own you know even back then i don't even did we even have a camera phone 
no. right? Because gosh, no, no, because the no. iPhone came out in two thousand seven, right? Uh, and so, so that we got two thousand. When we were talking about it, it was the computer that was doing the Photoshop. But now you're talking about in 2007, less than 10 years later, we're all able to do it ourselves. But the difference in the technology from 2010 compared to what we have today with the apps is so advanced. Everyone's got their own private uh, filter Photoshop on their phone that nobody's posting pictures that aren't touched up in some way you know a few people certainly no young people and not on something like instagram where they're trying to get followers or attention or what have you so my yeah. point is what's real right and what's authentic and and that front the facade which has always existed right gilded age the whole thing was about how people see you and the clothes and you know the outside trappings but truly um if that did it, people wouldn't be so dissatisfied and unhappy, right? And, and then right, the question what, is, what's the oh, difference ahead. now? You know, and the difference is right. that the magazine you were looking at before didn't open itself and then tap you on the shoulder and say, "Look at this page." Where oh, and by the way, magazines are paper collected <laughs> images and print that. <laughs> are you no condescending can... to Gen Z right now? <laughs> Well, they're used to, there were advertisements. And in if the you don't, thing, this is what a magazine was. <laughs> we had time and life and that was it. And we liked it. Uh, it no, it didn't have these notifications. So that, that's the big right. piece. And that's what, that's what the lawsuit is focusing on is in particular, the notifications uh, that are going to kids constantly. And that is one of the issues. Obviously we see at a school site and parents see every day and yet this is completely controllable. So if you make the app, this is something that the app could build in, that it automatically right. is turned off at certain hours because they certainly didn't have a problem having it automatically put the age in for you to make sure that you said you were older than 13 when you set up your Instagram account. It defaulted to that age so that you could automatically set up the account and just go. Wow. Now you have to put in the age and actually lie, which obviously isn't a, a a big challenge for a 12 year old right but before it just defaulted straight to it i mean how is oh that God. not planned to make right. sure anybody who opens it can just you know because we all just hit accept i mean right. except for me i read the entire user agreement for anything That's i it. sign up for yeah <laughs> i have my attorney go over it with me at length that it's costing costing me thousands of dollars <laughs> no they're just setting this up so you can click really quickly get this account and move on and then Back to your, your point about the, um, you know, the fakeness of it all, that's the other data that's so disturbing. They had very clear data that the filters are uh, more often used by um, teenage girls than anybody else. Mm -hmm. And we know that the depression, specifically in teenage girls, is through the roof. And uh, there is research to show people that get on Facebook uh, or Meta do get off more depressed. I mean, in general, it's not 100%, but there is a, a shown correlation based on research that these apps end up depressing us even as we use them to try to make us happier. You so, know? Yeah, and, and I, I'm going to make a couple of points here because I, I do want to, because my wife Katie uh, uses TikTok pretty frequently, and I have been surprised uh, how inspirational 
both TikTok and, and, and uh, um, Instagram have been for her because she'll see certain things go, hey, let's try this or let's go there. She has actually found the positive side of it. I've seen it also negatively impact her with friends. Just a, I have right. too. like, why is somebody on such a better vacation than me? Why didn't I think about going there this weekend and that sort of thing? But right. generally we've had, you know, we, sh she's found incredible recipes Yep. and um, decorations for the house or things to do when we went to Europe recently. So I don't mean to bag on this and say, let's ban it, let's get rid of it. it it's the worst thing that's ever happened. There is a positivity to it, and I've seen it. But I, I'm experiencing I, I was scrolling through. I, I, read, I read an article about people that the amount of walking you do and, and how it relates to uh, life expectancy. And, mm. you know, people that don't walk, don't move, don't live as long. Um, and then a, a day or two later, I was on X and saw this, um, there were d different forms of simple squats. They were not gym, but just your own body weight types of squats and maneuvers to move blood flow. I think it was an Asian kind of, um, um, what would you call it? You know, kind of like an ancient like Tai Chi, uh, like Tai Chi ish. Okay. But more simple yeah. and 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 less about uh, that that flow than than doing the exercise. Point is, I've I've incorporated that in my life at, uh, for the last three months, and it's made a big difference. And and so it was an encouragement. And I still go to that to that uh, site or what is it, the page, the Twitter page, and 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 watch it again. You know, so I I, I get the form and what right. have you. So there is, and certainly like on Instagram, there are great recipes. There are you know, easy ways to make omelets or tortilla egg frittatas or what have you. But the question is always the motive. Yeah. Right. I mean, no matter what it is and the, the design, is the motive, that's what, cause that's, true. that's what the suit is focused on is the design. Like we're not I, saying and as a user, right. as a user, what yeah, am yeah. I going, am I going for information or am I going to try to uh, doom scroll? Right. And so there's a couple of things. One, um, the, of course, it's not an episode of the podcast if I don't reference Jean Twangy. But in her book, Generations, that I just finished <laughs> is recently. She, is, she, is she listening? Oh, we're going to get her on the podcast. One of my dream guests. And we're going to get her yeah. on the podcast. And it's you're going to have to lead it because I will just fanboy out the whole time and, and um, try to get her to sign stuff. Um, but because I just find her work absolutely fascinating. She's uh, an amazing writer, an amazing researcher, a professor at San Diego State, and she has done the work yep. that uh, needs to be done, but she also talks about it in an engaging, insightful, and uh, interesting way. So her books are a great read. It isn't just, you know, a professor who's grabbed a bunch research. of data and right. say, look, I can prove this. She's um, the Brene Brown of... Um, mm, yes, I, I would I would absolutely say that's true. Yes, uh, and Jean, if you're listening, uh, the door is always open. Um, but anyway, in her book, in her book, Generation, she quoted this guy Derek Thompson from the Atlantic, who said, and I, I love this. He said that social media isn't like rat poison that is universally toxic for everyone. It's like alcohol; it can be highly addictive for some. Ah, uh, ah, uh, and that's I, good. I really thought that was he nailed it there because. We all know, and Don, you know more than most about this, um, but for some, having a couple of drinks for once sure. or twice a week, not a big deal. For yep. others, that Problem. can lead down to a, a spiral where they can lose their house, their family, everybody. And yep. that's a biological, chemical, psychological mix that happens with some people. 
that is specific to alcohol. And I think mm-hmm. it was a, a perfect example of, of social media, a perfect analogy, I should say. Uh, I absolutely agree. Um, because the, the thing I was thinking about is uh, I, back in 2007, I was a, a paper millionaire when I was, like many people, overextended and buying extra rental properties. Then the whole thing collapsed. And, and uh, I got out of it without going bankrupt, thank God. Uh, but in the course of that, I learned something. Um, and that is just because you can doesn't mean you should. Mm, yeah. So if you want any takeaway, parents, uh, you know, my mom used to say, um, if if I'd say, oh, Joe's going to this thing, and she'd say, well, if Joe jumped off a bridge with you, <laughs> and uh, but just because I can doesn't mean I should. The problem is when I don't have a choice of of whether I should or should where my brain chemistry sweeps me up to such an extent that it's there is no choice and i think that's when i revisiting this information again this morning and last night i i i I thought about um how vital in the 21st century learning critical thinking higher level metacognition is for kids today I mean, it, we've got to get the education for kids. 21st century, if you don't have critical thinking skills, higher order thinking skills, and, and metacognition to know what you know, know what you don't know, see that there are factors at play that you, maybe it isn't all about me. Maybe there are some, you know, maybe there is this uh, uh, tech company that's uh, generating persistent alerts to, to to generate brain chemistry and dopamine and that I don't have control over. I mean, unless I get that kind of information as a young person in the 21st century, I am going to be used and um, uh, um, and at the mercy of everything, right? I mean, because yeah. we're looking in the political realm and how there's fake news and already AI generated content and what's real, you know, and I know that our social studies classes and humanities classes have talked about bias, like in the last 20 years, identifying bias, uh, being able to talk about different marketing techniques has been vital. Um, I don't know that we could do too much of it, right? I mean, it's just so, it's the water every kid is swimming in today whether it's the social sphere, the political sphere, the, the, um, the technological sphere. And what's, I think, particularly sad about it is that we're, as we all know, we're living in a far more polarized society. And in right. fact, in Gene's book, right back to Gene, uh, the, the name for the generation after Gen Z are the polars because they're growing really? up in such a, uh, such a polarized world. So you see your parents upset um, at 24-hour news, regardless of what channel you're watching, it's going to upset you. Yeah. Um, and we see what's going on in the world. You know, we're, we're drinking from this fire hose of information, and now we know everything that's happening at all times. And unfortunately, we know everybody's opinions about what's happening at all times. Right. And so it, it makes sense that a, a, a kid, you know, a 10-year-old, 11-year-old, 13-year-old, whatever, is going to go to the phone and try to find that hit of dopamine, that, that slot machine, that's going to make them feel good. So they're going to it for good reasons. I want to see what my friends are doing. You know what? My parents are driving me nuts. I don't yep. want to hear about the upcoming election one more time. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to get into this social media thread with my friends because it's going to make me feel more connected. 
And what is frustrating about that is to watch this company, Meta, um, uh, exploit that. Because they're, in this lawsuit, the data is pretty clear that Meta did some research and said, okay, what's really seeming to upset, especially teens, is when they see how many likes somebody else is getting versus them. So oh. they said, hey, let's, let's do something. Like, what if we turn that off? What if you could only see your own likes and you couldn't see other people's likes? And it had a positive impact, or it lowered, I shouldn't say a positive it lowered the negative impact for people seeing that. Did they mm -hmm. turn it off? No. They decided to make that optional. You could turn it off if you wanted to. But why wasn't that automatically part of the program? And then you go turn it on. Right. Why? Because they want to make sure that you're staying hooked. Because sadly, being... Uh, Angry motivates people. Exactly. Being sad yeah. about that is going to get you to come back. Uh, and that, that's what's really frustrating. And we see, you know, Gene talks about it at length, you know, from 2007, the start of the iPhone right. is where we start having this, this problem with teens. And now we're seeing it exponentially accelerate uh, as the apps become more ubiquitous and become better at what they do. Oh, well, and I would say that the other advance was the difference between G3, G4, and G5, because yeah. as you've got greater bandwidth, you've also got uh, greater content delivery. You know, when I say greater, I mean more content delivery or, or the capacity to deliver more, uh, which isn't necessarily good. Yeah. And I, I also want to play devil's advocate a little bit. I've been uh, thinking about this, you know, as we prepped for this podcast thinking, okay, so why are we beating up on Meta? Really, 40 states are going after this one company, this one guy who in college decided to put together the, the first but, social media company. Like, why? Not not the first, but, you know, the biggest at the, uh, at yeah. the time, obviously, in Facebook. Um, and he's just a guy running a business. And, yes, they were manipulating it to make sure that um, the customers wanted it. Isn't that how the market's supposed to work? Like, playing devil's advocate here, what is he doing that is so wrong? Because isn't that the business model? Well, just like Warren, Warren Buffett said that the reason I like to invest in cigarette and tobacco companies is because it costs a cent to produce, a dollar to sell. Uh, it's highly addictive, and there's the super strong brand loyalty. Like, right. yeah. that spells money yes you know is it is it right is it ethical is it uh you know especially when tobacco companies are refuting or challenging or all those you know the lawsuits for and, and paying doctors in the 50s to do advertisements about how you know menthol cigarettes clear your lungs or what have you um <laughs> they relax you so that's ultimately <laughs> This is when, you. this is when you get to do your Martin Short lawyer impersonation. Why would you ask yourself the same question? I don't know why would you ask why would you ask me that? Why would you ask yourself the same question? <laughs> the ultimate Gen X reference, right? The the sixty minute spoof with uh, Martin Short, who is a comic genius and a national treasure. How did that ever even get? How did the whole Martin Short isn't funny? ever even get onto Twitter. That was a big Twitter, Twitter thing a month ago. Well, because I, you... I think it was ironic. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know how anybody could suggest that he wasn't hilarious. Anybody who doesn't think Martin Short is funny should stop listening to this podcast right now and check themselves. <laughs> no, should finish listening to this podcast. No, I don't want them listening to this podcast. You don't think we Martin Short to... is funny? I don't need you. Because you don't like life. 
You are missing out on one of the sincere joys of life, and it is Martin Short and all of his Ed, work. And Ed Grimley. Uh, yes. I, I'm. If you haven't watched uh, Only Murders in a Building, it's just fantastic. And as Oliver Putnam in that, he's amazing. So when I get him on the podcast, I'll get him and Gene together. It'll be great. Be the That'll be a episode. Dick Cavett moment. Yeah, right, totally. exactly. Two things that, like, why did we pick these two people to put together? Non sequitur. Oh, it would be amazing, though. Um, this may be the farthest distance we've ever birdwalked no, in the shortest that, amount of time. That's patently false. Um, but getting us back to it. So, like, what is any different? I mean, because we talk about the, the the tobacco companies, so that that's the big comparison right now. We've right. got this data, just like we did with Philip Morris, where uh, they said they were doing one thing when really they knew they were doing something else, and we've got something similar now. So all those right. smoking guns are coming out in this lawsuit, and Zuckerberg will have to go back in front of everybody and explain what's going on, and they will make some changes, as you said. But really, what is Meta doing that's any different than um, processed foods? Because, mm -hmm. you know, salt, sugar, fat, if anyone's read that, we know about the bliss point that, right. you know, a McDonald's hamburger, the chicken McNuggets are chemically designed to make you want more. Our refined white sugar, our, our, um, our white bread, all of these things have these bliss points. Cheez-Its is the most interesting one because, man, they are good. Uh, yeah, and they are. W whatever chemist is behind those deserves a raise because... <laughs> Cheez-Its are amazing. I like to open my box of Cheez-Its on the side with a knife, much like a cereal, the little mini Kellogg cereal box from the 70s. <laughs> I just okay. cut it open because <laughs> I ain't going to reseal it. I'm just Oh, you're just going to finish in that box? It's a single <laughs> yeah. serving? Yeah. It's a single serving. So is, is what Matt is doing any different than the Bliss Point that's created by McDonald's? Just because you can doesn't mean mm. you should. This again, right, it's well like. Well played, sir. There has got to be a personal, you know, and this again is the education. It's like, it's vital. It is vital. I just wonder, are all the millennials and Gen Z people going to be able to sue the world for being the technological guinea pigs year after year after year on every advancement, whether it's the Photoshop filters or the, I mean, we they are continually bombarded by living in and being fed the latest technology, which is unproven and then manipulative. And then a decade later, we find out, oh, gosh, they were actually yeah, whoops. malintended yeah. and, and, and using you. So it's vital uh, for people to find their own, um, you know, uh, their own principal sense of like what works for me. You know, what's best for kids is like what works for me. And and my mom, you know, she she uh, of course, everything hurts. She's 90. She wakes up her back hurts. <laughs> yes. You know, is right. there arthritis medication? Yes, there is. And if somebody was crippled with arthritis, it would make sense. You know, there are certainly I'm not saying don't use pharmacies, don't use medication. However, a reliance on things outside of ourselves that uh, have negative consequences and side effects have negative consequences and side effects. And to the extent that I can limit those negative outside things, but that requires knowing what's going on. It requires critical thinking. It requires n metacognition, which is knowing what I know and knowing what I don't know. But and if we know, but Don, pushing back a little bit, if we know that it has a negative impact on us, why are we continuing to do it? 
You know, we, we know we don't feel as good afterwards. We see our kids not feeling as good afterwards. So why are we not taking responsibility for that as parents and as educators and, and, and stopping that? Why are we going to the corporation and saying, you need to change your business model because we can't control it ourselves? Well, because it is, and because there are, they have the emails that show that there is this intention of trying to generate more addiction and more persistent scrolling, and that people are being manipulated. And to that extent, we. But even when they do whatever uh, um, modifications they do end up doing, it's still going to have the same opportunity for misuse, like everything is, yeah. right? I mean, butter is tasty, but eating butter smoothies not good unless you're bulletproof <laughs> and pushing back on my own argument now because i am trying to play devil's advocate and really uh take an objective view of this if you use vegas as the example and you use the slot machine which i think is a great analogy you have to be 21 to gamble yeah uh, and uh you are monitored while you're in there at all times and right. there are certain limits to what you can do there versus what we've done now and giving it you know a nine-year-old a phone and saying i'm not great with technology you figure it out and then we go wait a minute there were bad things there i, I we right. wouldn't give our nine-year-old our bank you know our, our bank card sit him in front of a um a slot machine in vegas and say have at it you know well and the other thing that's interesting about the psychology of Vegas is there are no clocks in, in any in any uh, casino. The carpets are very busy so that you're always looking up um, in addition to the bells and whistles that there are some machines that blow out a lavender scent, mm -hmm. you know, that they that, that the same psychological um, hooks and manipulations are used um, in, in, in the same way that everything gets marketed. You right. know, I mean, but my, my, my point is that um, kids can't, can't use them. You know, right, those right, aren't right, in right. schools. <laughs> we don't right. have slot machines in schools as a fundraiser, for example. So there, there are strict limitations to it. And so uh, obviously casinos have manipulated that to make it even more attractive to the people who are there. And gambling addiction is a real thing, similar to alcohol addiction. And certain people get hooked. Others do not. Um, I right. mean, I put personally i enjoy going to vegas i had my honeymoon there uh, as yep. a matter of fact because it was during covid we couldn't go anywhere else it was the only <laughs> place open um but uh and i love the james bond machines i, I unapologetically love the little uh animations. brand loyalty yeah absolutely just when you when you get a bonus and it starts showing scenes and all that i'm it's it's terrible but um so but they have controlled it we have now taken that same feeling that we get in yep. an environment that we have traveled to in Vegas and that it, where it's legal versus at the grocery store or, and we've right. taken that and put it in everybody's home in every school. And then we've wondered why it's had a negative impact on so many kids, not everybody, many right. kids are able to manage this. Well, uh, and I, and I think it's also when you're talking about technology and screens and screen time, it is a, there, there is certainly a parents have a big, uh, developmental input about how, like, you know, our kids uh, are watching Scooby-Doo right now. Um, Excellent but taste. They, <laughs> they had a little influence. <laughs> I will say, sadly, and my brother, who does listen here, uh, I told him that they love Scrappy-Doo. And I, oh. I, I, oh, I got to call CPS now. 
<laughs> my brother had the same reaction. He's like, "That's when Scooby Doo jumped the shark." I yes. like, I started, I started about '66 and '67 quality Scooby Doo, but they've advanced to the '80s. We're He's not like quite cousin at- Oliver. <laughs> I, <laughs> that is the analogy he makes. Yes, exactly. He's cousin <laughs> Oliver. Oh. Yeah. So. Uh, but the point is, if they've got two hours of of, of TV in a week, it's a lot. Yes. Like, yeah. you know, we're just too but busy. But TV doing... also doesn't turn itself on, tap you right. on the shoulder and say, watch me now. You need to no, watch me now because Billy down the street is watching me right now. And he's enjoying it way more than you are. If well, TV did is... that, could you imagine? Well, the part that's wild is like if you do, if you post on Facebook regularly and then post something and then don't post you do get notification days later you know like stuff you know they hold it back in order to keep doling it out even though those people liked it days ago yeah but you didn't get the notification they liked it until you weren't active so they could throw some more stuff at you i stopped posting on facebook about a year ago and yeah. it is so desperate to get me back uh, through my phone i yeah. finally blocked everything on it i haven't taken my my page down but I yeah. just don't use it at all anymore because I just I can't handle its its impact on me. I just it's too yeah. much. Um, but one of the other things I was thinking about in terms of the tobacco analogy is because uh, a lot of people are saying why is Apple somehow immune from all of this? Mm-hmm. Uh, why isn't the iPhone getting uh, more heat? And in in my opinion, I mean, I, there's some things we're going to talk about here where I think Apple can be better, but that's a little bit like going after Seven Eleven for selling cigarettes. 7-Eleven mm-hmm. didn't make the cigarettes, they didn't design them, so why are you going after the distributor of these? Because it really is the app more than it is the phone. Right. So now Apple has engaged in deals with all of these uh, you know, app developers and creators, and they're certainly culpable to, their, uh, to a certain extent because why couldn't, again, when you go to get a phone, you go into the store to get your phone, they can ask, who is this phone for? Oh, mm-hmm. it's for Johnny right here. Oh, Johnny, how old are you? I'm 11. Fantastic. Here's the phone options for you that right. already has all of these things in. Because if you walked into a store and said, um, I'm, well, <laughs> I don't want to go into the e-bike because the same thing is happening right now with e-bikes where I'm going to buy my mm. nine-year-old an e-bike and not really teach them any laws of the road and wonder I, why, I mean. It is so Oh my gosh! Yeah, don't let and, me get down it, that rabbit hole because that's a whole other episode. Yeah, but parents, be careful with the e-bikes. Oh please, um, the so Apple needs to be included in this conversation, and they can do more. I hope they're listening to what's going I'm on sure with Meta are. and saying, "Okay, what are we doing oh. to get out ahead of this?" I thought you meant I hope they're listening to our podcast. Oh no, I'm they sure, are. I'm sure Tim Apple is listening. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, as he's out buying more turtlenecks. Does he still no, wear the turtlenecks? I know that was Steve, Steve but yeah. does Tim no, wear I the turtlenecks? You can't, he, Tim Apple can't show up with a turtleneck. Why not? That that would be like... Uh, it worked for yeah. Theranos. No. This is an inspiring <laughs> step forward. <laughs> but you can't Can you just, tell I just watched that show and that documentary? This is yeah, an inspiring step forward. You can't step step on somebody's... Uh, gig like that that's not fair how can i watch the dropout and the documentary twice and i've forgotten her name? elizabeth holmes okay blanked on her name there for a second okay if you haven't watched the dropout or the um the inventor on uh, max i highly recommend both of those anyway 
So I think Apple can absolutely do more. I hope they're listening to the meta lawsuit, paying close attention, because this may be one of the biggest lawsuits we've seen. I actually think it is bigger than uh, the tobacco tobacco, uh, tobacco case. And because it affects kids so much more, yes, yeah. kids were getting access to cigarettes. But again, cigarettes don't have notifications, and they were definitely harder to get and just generally less attractive. A lot of people don't like smoking, so it's not the same as the phone where you have to have it. Otherwise, it's social suicide, and you can't, you know, your parents want you to have the phone because we need to know where you are, we need to track you. Know. It's more of this essential thing you really need, kind of like healthcare, where, uh, so. I think this is bigger, and I don't understand why it's not getting more coverage. I think, I don't know if that speaks to the level of culpability we all feel in this a little bit, uh, to Mm -hmm. play pop psychologist here, but I don't think this is getting the coverage I expected it to get. Yeah, right. No, for sure. I mean, it is, because I don't think people want to acknowledge or accept the amount of damage and how, um, how, how, uh, during these formative years, how impactful social media is on a kid, especially for some kids. You know, again, I, I think for kids that are involved in sports or dance or kids that have interests that aren't on technology, th- they are less impacted than kids that have created an identity or found um, a world. And there are kids that have a world in technology yeah that that their interactions are through video games or um or or, or messaging or have you uh, well, especially so. since the pandemic where they got really good at it and, yeah right uh, it's interesting gene uh shares some data on that as well <laughs> this is like the fifth have you I ever heard fifth? of her have i, have no, I mentioned her Gene genie <laughs> that's one of my favorite bowie songs yes well gene twangy um, is one of my favorite authors. So there you go. See, I brought it all together. Um, but she talks about how during the pandemic, the kids actually turned away a little bit from social media and we're doing more face to face like we're doing right now. Like right. Uh, what the listeners don't know right now is Don's remote. We're doing this remote oh, now because we of, forgot to say that. Yeah. I'm bringing it we up. We started, now. we were so yeah. caught up in Thanksgiving and the holidays yeah. and that holiday that you celebrated, which is Christmas Hanukkah. It's just, <laughs> We forgot to say that we're actually remote. Could you tell, listener? Here's hoping not. I think we've got the technology <laughs> down. But Gene talks about how uh, kids started using um, started using uh, FaceTime and Zoom or whatever, and they would just sort of leave it on for hours at a time and hang out together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when, <laughs> amazingly, that actually helped them connect in healthier ways right uh, during the pandemic and now we're back to the social media where they're not connecting uh using facetime as often or heaven forbid in person which is why malls are closing all over the world uh but it's it's back to that social media it's back to the bullying it's back to the the tear down culture and the call out culture and the cancel culture and all that sort of thing uh which is deeply damaging them and that so that gets me to that point uh, that was a long way of getting to what we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, like what's going to happen to the money? If it's just going to the attorneys, we're doing something wrong. And mm-hmm. I do believe that the, the attorneys general are coming at this from the, uh, from the right place. And I do hope I'm going to remain optimistic that the plan then for whatever settlement comes out of this, because nobody's going to jail over this, there will be a settlement um, that 
that money goes to school districts in particular because we have been tasked with solving this mental health crisis. My well, teachers do it every day on campus. My counselors are doing it, my admin all the time. And that's why the Seattle district was suing saying, hey, you can't create something that's going to create this public health hazard and then just say, sorry, schools, you're going to have to fix it because business. Well, it's interesting when you were saying, like, I hope the money goes somewhere. I'm thinking, uh, one, into supporting thera therapy, counseling, what have you, sure. although how does that get delivered unless right. through the schools, but also like with the smoking. Um, and I don't know if it's the lottery ticket tax or uh, but but a lot of the anti smoking awareness uh, campaigns um, are, are are funded by uh, the smoke, the, you know, smoking taxes. Right. So, uh, it could be done that way too, whether again, it, which goes back to my point, which is we've got to educate. We yeah. have to yeah. raise awareness and understanding to a degree that kids not just see that, uh, raise it first enough that they believe there's something going on that they don't have, you know, cause no teenager wants to believe they don't already Everything I'm doing is that perfect is a challenge, and you're yes. all an idiot. Uh, right. So No phone yeah, is which, controlling me. It's not the phone. I've got full control it, over it. Right. Which goes to how the those can the 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 anti tobacco and anti vaping campaigns come from a very teen angle, right? I, yes. I'm trying to think of what the the California program is. Um but so so that would be helpful for kids to see what they're up against. Because it, it's this is the, not the first and will not be the last time they're being manipulated um, by something, you know. Yes. Sadly, that's that's the, the challenge for the pollers, I guess. Yeah. Because the the millennials, they're already forty. Right. So you know the, it, they're adults, but and the but, millennials didn't grow up with it the same way that Gen correct. Z and the pollers did. Correct. So you know correct. Gen Z grew up with. Uh, cell from phones start. from the start. Well, they were, they, they Polars have grown up babies. with social media from the start, and that's yeah, a, that's true. a different uh, reality altogether. It'll be. But interesting. again, I mean, my kids would be polars, right? They're five. Yes. They they're not they are not grow they're not living in social media. I mean, I, they are. Not yet. They're going to get it six... earlier than others. They're going to get it certainly earlier than uh, the millennials did. They get a cell phone at twenty one. Fantastic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're going to go live in a cabin. Well, and I think that's a topic for another day. As I was going through this, I was reading lots about um, schools and districts are looking at cell phone bans. And so I think that's going to be a, a future episode for us to talk about the, the ins and outs of the cell phone ban and, you know, whether it is this sort of all or nothing uh, thing, which I'm, I'm generally not a fan of. I'm, I'm more interested in what you're talking about. Let's educate people. Let's make educated decisions based on information. Let's make informed decisions. Uh, mm -hmm. based on our research rather than just say, no, you, nobody can have this. You know, we know right. prohibition didn't work, right? right? We tried it. It did not work. Uh, right. So let's not keep using this failed model on things like cell phones or e-bikes or whatever is a problem. And we just say, well, now you can't do that anymore. That's not a solution. Uh, they did that to jarts. Jarts? <laughs> jarts. Two lawsuits and jarts are gone. Lawn darts. Are we talking about Remember lawn the... darts? Okay. I just yeah. thought you were saying jorts wrong. Uh, but I would never, as a user of, as a yeah, lover as a, of the jort. As a long time wearer of jorts. Uh, 
yeah, Anthony and I have <laughs> are going to have an intervention on the jorts. But yes, the the lawn darts, yeah, two lawsuits, and we can't play with those ever again. Uh, Meanwhile, we can hand people this electronic crack pipe at whatever age. And (laughs) we're left with a crack pipe phone and cornhole. (laughs) Right. Good old safe cornhole. (laughs) But the other things I I think we can do on a a practical level to, to start wrapping this up is we can limit access to the phone uh, during the school day. Most of my teachers here on campus have a caddy. Kids walk in, in fact, how they take roll. They pop the phone in the caddy, they can see who's here, they take roll really quickly, and it, and it stays in the caddy during class. They might give them a little bit of a break and they can mm-hmm. check it, you know, get that out of their system and then get back to it. Depends on the class. Obviously in art classes, maybe they're listening to music, so they'll have more access to their phone. And some teachers allow students to just hold on to it until they see it, and then mm-hmm. they take it away. But one of the things that could be easily worked into, you go to um, you know, the, uh, the Apple Store or wherever to get your phone, because some people like me have an Android or a Samsung. We don't all have iPhones. But you go into the phone store and they find it, okay, it's for a 14-year-old. Okay, great. Well, it has these settings on it so that it turns off notifications during certain times. Like, I don't know, Monday through Friday from 8.30 to 3.30. Like, what if kids didn't get notifications during the school day? What if that was blocked? What if they didn't get notifications from 10 o'clock to 7 o'clock at night? So it wasn't, you know, blinking Dinging at night. There are, there are very simple things we can do to, af- to address this problem that we're just not doing. And it seems by design from Meta, which is part of this lawsuit, by design they, they could do this. They've chosen not to because they know that lowers engagement, which is ultimately bad for their brand. Or they think right. that's bad. Not bad for the brand necessarily. It's, it's, uh, it's bad for the bottom line. Yeah. And, and I, I think that Apple phones do make it um, uh, much easier. And, and they've advanced, whether it's the heart uh, exercise, health monitor. I mean, the amount of information there is significant yeah, right. compared to even a year or two years ago. And I am sorry that this is our last podcast because I personally don't make friends with people that don't have a double-digit iPhone. Um, so this well, will be fun, our... Don. It's been fun. <laughs> but, uh... Now, I do also, in, 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 in full transparency, have to say that I got my double-digit iPhone when a kid had an iPhone Max, Pro Max 13, took it out, and I gave him back my seven and took his 13. <laughs> yeah. And don't get me started on there's a new phone every six months and the absurdity of, Oh, what do you know? You get an update about a year and a half in and suddenly your phone's slower. Weird. It doesn't work. Right. All of a sudden it stops working. I can't wait for that data to come out. The extortion that is uh, cell phone companies. And that's for both of them. Don't get me wrong. Apple, Samsung, doesn't matter. Anyway, you know, it's funny. I just saw a little video clip of, 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 of <laughs> I got all the clip because I just already pre saw you clowning on me. So you've, you <laughs> haven't told the story. Yeah. You're already laughing based on a reaction I haven't had yet. That's not how podcasts work, Don. You have to say things. Uh, Okay, I was watching Kelly Ripa and what's the old guy? Wow. Philbin. 
Regis Philbin, Regis and Regis and Kelly, it's out of control. Yeah. <laughs> but there was a clip from 2007 when the iPhone came out and when they were describing what an iPhone's going to be, it's going to mm -hmm. be like a, an iPod. She said it was going to be like an iPod that you could talk on. And he starts going off and why would I want that? I don't want to carry it in my pocket. And, um, you know, the naivety yeah. of 20 years ago of, of, you know, and you could go back to the computers when they came out in the 80s, right? I mean, if it wasn't tanks or asteroids or space invaders, like I had no interest in a computer. But uh, well, I remember the early days of the Internet. A buddy of mine was uh, designing websites. His first two clients were Melrose Place and Budweiser. Like this is 1995, like early days. Yeah. And a couple years later, he's talking to me about how, you know, you're going to be like we were watching golf or something like super boring. And he's like, well, you know, in a few years, you're going to be on a device watching golf while you're checking stats. And I'm like, why would I ever want to do that? I'm not going to want to do that. That's insane. No one's, no one's going to watch nope. two screens at once. You know, I looked at him like he was crazy and I was so superior. You know, here I am now. My kids are watching a football game on their laptop, doing homework and then checking their fantasy on their phone. I'm like, damn jeff was super right it is yeah it is scary yeah. and how and how many of us today compared to even three years ago are on the phone while we watch tv oh yeah like i've I, well yeah. i didn't never did that until i did like i i and i and i don't know wh where i crossed that rubicon but you know, it's in the last couple of years. But there's an amazing so I, skill set that's being developed because uh, I will give a shout out to Katie again, too, because she'll be on her phone while we're watching something. Yeah. And the film major in me, you know, will quietly resent it on occasion and go, she's missing right. the mise-en-scene <laughs> and the cinematography and the rhythm of the editing and all that. And we'll, and then all of a sudden, she'll be still looking at her phone while we're watching something. And I know she's looking up, you know, pretty frequently yeah. and watching. And then she'll make a comment that's super insightful. <laughs> And I'm like, huh. I didn't get it all. I'm like, how is she doing right. these two things at once? Now I'm <laughs> resenting her for being really good at this. Um, it's hilarious. But I don't really resent her, Katie, if you're listening. It's just, it was, it's funny that I you have this superpower that I just do not have. It's the Gen X thing, you know. And, it, totally, you know, totally. And she's she's developed a different skill set than, than I've got. But um, all right, wrapping this up, you know, looking at the solutions and, and, and the impact, like, you know, I am now doing a, um, once a semester, we're doing a cell phone safety newsletter for parents. So we were talking about that education piece yep, earlier. Yep. And so we put one out last spring. We put one out this fall. We're going to do another one in, in the spring. Why? Because the iPhone is going to change every three to four months. And the right. apps are going to change every three to four months. And there's going to be some new boogeyman down the street. Because how is TikTok any different from, what was that other video one, uh, Vine, a few Vine. years ago? So what's going to follow TikTok? And in the words of Spinal Tap, what's behind that and what's, uh, what's stopping it and what's behind what's stopping it? Um, <laughs> shout out to the new Spinal Tap movie that's coming out. Um, 2024! So I've had to go down this road and take time away from what I'm normally doing to get these newsletters out to try to uh, help parents. That's how difficult it's been. So I'm, I'm happy about this lawsuit. I hope it exposes it. I hope it brings more awareness and attention, not just to parents who are already concerned about this, but to our well-informed pollers and Gen Zers who, mm -hmm. you know, contrary to popular opinion, do read. Yes, it's in small bursts, 
but they do read and they do pay attention and they're smarter than we give them credit for. So if we can get them this information about how they're being manipulated, I can tell you that's one thing Gen Z and Polars do not like. And right. they're going to react well, strongly. And to the Gen Z and Polar listeners, just because you can doesn't mean you should. That's that's really got to be the takeaway for all of us. You know, Don't. yeah, there's a there's a gallon ice cream in the fridge. Do I need to eat it? No. If I open it and start, am I going to? Likely. Probably. <laughs> but but Don, I, I, the analytics on our podcasts. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're, mm. We're not not a lot of polars. No. It's heavy Gen X. Excuse Just saying. <laughs> As it should be. Yes. Heavy Gen X. Not that I <laughs> obsessively check the analytics, but. Welcome to my people. If you want to. Oh, speaking yes. of that, speaking of Gen X, I have a, this is a totally, you have no idea what I'm going to say, correct? I do not, no. Because as <laughs> we ever? said, planned, not canned. We do not script this. I saw a thing that uh, that was asking, what is the most Gen X place? What is the most Gen X um, experience or place? Okay. Well, that's my question to you. If you were to like to, to, to if you were to like to meet a Martian and they say, well, what you know, what's the quintessential ultimate Gen X location? Well, or... it, it it's gonna be a mall. I would take them to a mall. <laughs> yes, an arcade in a mall. Oh, Without even more so. Parents, yes, yes. <laughs> no parent supervision. Arcade in a mall, and, uh, and then go over to the oak tree or with uh, a large orange Julius. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. and a corn dog. Yes, absolutely. And uh, <laughs> just a just pocket full of quarters. <laughs> For hours. Uh-huh. Yeah. And doing whatever. Anyway, and I we'd just... ride our bikes home oh, after yeah. dark and yeah. not tell anybody where we were for the last 17 hours. Uh, it's amazing any <laughs> of us survived. It's amazing that every, you know, I mean, I was in Detroit, you're here having the same experience. Mm, I think right? that the, the experience in Del Mar and Detroit were a little different. <laughs> well, Actually, it was Riverside, technically. I, at that I'll age, say, yes. well, Metro yeah. Detroit. But what I'm okay. saying is, you know, that that notion, you know, the ball, River, you know, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, that yeah. the intro, it really, that, that existed. Yes, it and did, because it, it's based on a school here in San Diego. <laughs> I have nostalgia for that. Yeah for frogger if you would like to know more about this topic i highly recommend an episode of the daily called uh treating big tech like big tobacco they go much uh deeper into the evidence and the data around it so if you're curious about this i highly recommend checking out that podcast but, but they miss all the gen x references yes there's far so fewer bird walks on that one <laughs> come here and they don't talk about the... thanksgiving at all just like zero Thanksgiving talk. Dry facts, not turkey. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time, everybody. Thank you. That's all for today's episode. If you found our conversation thought-provoking and want to know more, you can find resources and guest photos on Instagram at Best for Kids Podcast. If you'd like to join the conversation, please email us at bestforkidspodcast at gmail.com. And to help us keep this conversation going, please rate and subscribe in your podcast app of choice. But more importantly, we hope you stay curious and keep asking, what's, what's best, best for kids? kids?